Hello, and welcome to the Self-Management Podcast. My name is Jay, and I'm your host and author of the Soft and Centered blog. If you're new here, welcome. I recommend starting with the intro episode for a really good overview of this podcast's mission to support our internal growth and develop really concrete strategies to navigate life more skillfully and enjoy it more fully. If you're returning, good to have you back. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an update. Let's dive in. This episode is from the very first post of the decision-making portion of the blog. Reason number one, it will improve your life outcomes and help you avoid pitfalls, especially if you're young. This is the primary reason. Making decisions is how we build our lives, where we live, where we work, who we befriend or marry, and how we spend our time are just a few factors that have really important consequences on our overall well-being and life satisfaction. If you're an adult, you probably recognize by now that there are several external pressures that shape our individual and collective decision-making. Your parents raised you a certain way, your religion and culture have specific designs for your life, your government has policies that majorly affect your way of life, just to name some of the biggest ones. Sometimes, these teachings and regulations from our environments are in the interest of your well-being and the guidance is helpful. But many times, these institutions direct your attention and decisions in ways that benefit their larger goals, regardless of the individual harm that imposes on you and others personally. These external forces can have extremely narrow and specific definitions of a quote-unquote good life. Children don't get much say in the environments they grow up in, so as adults, it becomes very easy to live life on autopilot and allow these forces to continue to structure our thoughts and therefore our opinions and decisions, and then ultimately our lives. It's too easy to suddenly look up and wonder, how exactly did I get here? And do I actually like wherever here is? Am I proud of what I've said and done to others in order to arrive? As if all that weren't complicated enough, our brains also naturally and consistently fall into faulty thinking in certain situations. The relatively new field of behavioral economics was born when economists realized that not only are humans not rational decision makers, there are specific situations in which we predictably choose poorly due to innate emotional biases. We are emotional creatures. In the field of psychology, cognitive distortions are a widely researched phenomenon that describe irrational patterns of thinking that cause us to incorrectly and negatively interpret our environments. The growing field of trauma research is uncovering the hidden and powerful ways that negative life experiences, especially childhood experiences, disrupt our abilities to make healthy decisions or react appropriately to decisions as adults. Learning, understanding, and adapting around these natural and predictable human pitfalls in thinking will help us better steer clear of some of life's most painful outcomes and recover better when we inevitably do slip up or run into bad luck. No matter how smart or rational you believe that you already are, in order to become great thinkers and decision makers, we must train. Our biologies, the systems shaping our lives, and the lingering effects of unaddressed traumas will lead us far from our goals if we allow them to. Here's another not so fun fact many people realize the hard way. 
time compounds the quality of our habits and decisions. That means habits we think are little and inconsequential pile up over time and develop this greater and greater pull in our lives. This can be good in the case of positive habits and dangerous in the case of more negative habits. I highly recommend the book Atomic Habits by James Clear to anyone who wants to learn more about the surprisingly powerful impact of small habits along a large time horizon. From health to relationships to skill building and personal finances, some of the most important aspects of life are built or neglected slowly over decades. So slowly, the negative changes are dangerously easy to ignore. The enjoyment or relief provided by these destructive habits are dangerously easy to indulge in. This is why decision-making is especially important in your earlier years. It's just easier to course correct and recover if your habits haven't been adopted and entrenched for decades. But please, don't let that worry you if you're older. People who quit smoking by age 50 reduce their risk of dying in the next 15 years in half compared to people who don't. And if a person quits before age 35, almost all health risks associated with smoking can be completely reversed. This is just one of many, many specific examples of how resilient the human body and mind are and the tendency to trend towards recovery if you find the motivation, readiness, and strategy to choose differently. Don't stress if you've made some bad choices. Everyone has and must. That's a human thing. It's unavoidable. It's also very human to surmount these challenges and write a beautiful next chapter, much wiser from the experience. You can change your life at any time. There's always time to improve your life outcomes. Until your final breath, you can enjoy a better life. And competent decision-making is how we can hope to do this. Sources and citations always posted on the blog. gonna apologize in advance if you can hear some birds in the background you know, that's just where I am Virginia we got plenty of nature here um, but yeah that was the first blog piece across the whole site it's been updated since but it's just where I thought I'd begin because it's so foundational so foundational it's honestly obvious but I thought the more I read about you know books dedicated to better decision making or habits or really being intentional about the things that you do or how you approach your time or clearer thinking it all goes back to a couple just key foundational principles. One thing that came up over and over, you know, it was in the textbooks for when I was studying for my health certification. It's in Atomic Habits, which I mentioned in the blog post by James Clear. It's pretty much anywhere that talks about changing behavior and it's the role of your environment and how so many forces are pretty invisible but have and do shape it unless we pay attention to it and deliberately decide to go against certain elements or even sometimes move which can feel pretty extreme but there are instances where your environment is pushing you towards harm in a way that you can't personally by yourself overcome and you'll thrive in a totally different situation better you'll have less resistance going in the direction of your best life and your goals so i say the role of environment is huge to understand not just you know including physical environment right um how a place is physically set up and where you physically live 
totally determine so much of your health, your ability to access things and people, but also your emotional environment, your emotional climate, the people around you, the attitudes you've been surrounded by, those shaped and do continue to shape the things that you think and do. In a lot of spiritual or Buddhist terms, they call it being asleep. And I think that's just referring to when you are walking through life, doing things and making decisions, but not really making the decisions. They've already been pre-made for you and you are just kind of carrying them out, out of habit, lack of consciousness, you know, awareness, not literally lack of consciousness. You're not actually a zombie, but that is the metaphor. One of my favorite books that I read in college and honestly might reread um, because I don't feel like I got everything out of it, but it really first piqued my interest in all of this is Misbehaving by Richard Thaler. And he is an economist. I believe he won, let me double check. Yes, he did win the Nobel Prize in economic sciences. So the man knows what he's doing. But basically, in that book, he goes over the founding of behavioral economics because we previously dealt with economics and humans as if they were really rational thinkers and and actors, rational actors in their lives. And the book is really about the process of unraveling the fact that not only do humans make mistakes, But they're not really mistakes because they show that people make them in the same way, in the same situations. So they're actually predictable patterns of behavior that go against rationality that are kind of inbuilt in how humans think. So so another foundational element to understand is that you naturally are not a rational thinker. Even if you believe you are, and we absolutely tend to overestimate how rational we are, especially in a lot of situations. This is why self-reflection and I'll go into a lot of techniques that a lot of experts recommend to really see how you're thinking more clearly. This does involve writing and reflection and train to think more accurately and correctly more of the time. Another thing that I briefly touched on here, but definitely will be coming back to in, you know, reviewing books and articles is the role of trauma and how it can change how we make decisions, which is why, you know, you'll find that there are people because of certain traumatic situations are more likely to make poor decisions, even though they otherwise would be rational, smart, or were pre-trauma, rational, smart, more competent decision makers, managers of their own lives. It's, it's really sad, but there's a lot more that is coming out about how you can recover from trauma and even something called post-traumatic growth, which is a theory that notes the ways that after a trauma, a person can not only, you know, get over it and move on with their lives, but take away and become stronger in key areas because of it. You know, I I don't want to ever say trauma is a good thing, but it's really encouraging to know. And you probably have either read about or heard of examples of people going through some really disturbing or life altering situations and then coming out on the other side and completely making a great situation either out of their lives afterwards, out of the event or using what they know from going through it to help others who are going in a similar situation. Because, you know, humans are not alone in the things that we face. And if you have gone through something bad, chances are so many other people across time, across history and in this, you know, in present day that have gone through what you're going through. 
and have made it on the other side with insight to share and proof that you can come out on the other side and continue living well, even if not the same as it was before. There's a lot of hope, I think, here in terms of healing. I know I've just been tossing around a couple titles of books. I will be doing book reviews on my Patreon, so definitely look out for that. Check the show notes to get onto my email list. You can also do it through my blog. Book reviews I'll do of really, really great authors, experts, people who've penned down really interesting research and people who can really help us get to the core of being and feeling well more often. I think it's really cool that we have access to the research and brains of people who are dedicating their entire lives and their intellect and efforts to improving the human condition. And that is one of my favorite things about human beings for all of our faults and weaknesses. I do genuinely think that when we hurt people, it's out of ignorance or misguidance which is why, you know, knowledge, learning, reading is amazing. It allows us to learn and self-reflect and limit how much we're acting out of ignorance or fear or, you know, hatred or things like that. And genuinely, we like to help people. We're a pretty cooperative species overall, even though <laughs> even though there are definitely huge salient moments where we are not. You know, I'll let this quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speak. I think he illustrated this point best because <laughs> that is what he does. What a what a poet, orator, genius. And the quote is, we shall overcome because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. And that's just a beautiful way of saying like, yeah, like in the moment, you can point out just so many terrible things that people do on an individual level that communities commit to other communities on a global level. And history is a mess, okay? But if you zoom out and take the long view, over time, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. We are getting more conscious. You know, even as we do take some steps back, as some nations roll back the rights of certain populations, overall, I I do think people want to grow and improve and regret bad behavior in general. Okay, the next kind of foundational piece I wanted to hit on too is time. When we talk about decisions, actions, habits, building things, creating things, time is an important thing to talk about because these things take time, right? It's effort across time to make things, to produce things, to realize goals, to form and deepen relationships. Something that becomes clearer the more and more you read this stuff is how important time is and using your time in really constructive ways and that it's really easy to overlook the small ways that we misuse our time or that we put it towards things that take away from our goals. And that can be dangerous because it's small, so we ignore it. But over time, the things that you do, even if it doesn't feel like it has a big effect, both good things and bad things, they will in the presence of time. So yeah, it doesn't really matter if you overspend on your budget a little bit like this week or this month, which I love. It actually probably doesn't matter if you overspend for a few months, depending on what your overall picture looks like. But it does matter, right, in the long term, over years and decades, And then, of course, I wanted to end on a positive note. I especially love the smoking statistics because smoking is, we all know, super bad for you, smoking cigarettes especially. And people who quit smoking by age 50 reduce their risk of dying in the next 15 years in half compared to people who don't. So you stop, half that risk is gone, okay? And then 
if you quit before age 35, right? Because in our youth, our bodies just recover faster. And you know, young people are so resilient that if a person quits smoking before age 35, almost all health risks associated with smoking can be completely reversed. So try. (laughs) A lot of times I think, you know, it's really hard to undo bad habits or course correct or really look internally and think and act differently. This, This work is hard. It's hard to make these internal changes, but it's A, possible and B, worth it no matter when you start. You will get some benefit. Even if it's not perfect, nobody's perfect. You will reap some benefit from being a little bit kinder, a little bit more rational, a little bit healthier. You'll feel it. And you know, the rest of your life will probably reflect it. And that's what I love. You know, it's not just worrying about our defects. It's about reflecting on our strengths and the fact that humans are so resilient and that in the face of setbacks and traumas and all this, we can still live really awesome lives that we can repair damage done, that our bodies actually trend towards repairing and there are ways you can support this effort deliberately. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe to the podcast to stay on top of the weekly uploads. Scroll down to the show notes in the description of this episode for a link to the blog softncentered.com and to get onto the bi-weekly newsletter so you're the first to know about new posts, releases, and other updates. Please, please take just a few minutes right now to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. The feedback and support means a lot to me and I love hearing from you. Feel free to email me at softncentered at gmail.com or on any of my socials at softncentered on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Thank you again and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.